Hey, did you see you can download the Pog Champs as your villagers in Cult of the Lamb now? Is that actually true? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a Twitch drop, I guess. And now you you know like the what was that video? I think it was our Smash ranking and the big lizard head that kept popping up on the screen. I think that's the new Pog Champ, right? Because they got rid of Gutex, right? Yeah, they got rid of Gutex and replaced them <laughs> with a lizard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so now you can uh, put the lizard Pog Champ as one of your cult members. Did you do that? No. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, you can do Pog Champs. Uh, there's a, the dog. I don't know what the dog is. I don't have extensive knowledge of all the, the emotes. Yeah, I'm not part of that culture. I just know the Pog Champ. Maybe I oh I know a Jub, a Jubaili. Jubated? Okay. Yeah, yeah. We know the FGC people. Oh yeah, maybe we just know the fighting game ones. <laughs> yeah. Which hey. it always surprises me when like I've realized that people outside of the FGC know who like Jubaili and Gutex are just from the Pog Champ and the Jubated. But I I almost feel like those emotes have like they definitely got used more for the reaction rather than them knowing who the people were. Yeah, yeah. But there's like a defensiveness, I feel, where I'm like, hey, that's like, that's our community. What are you doing with that? Hey, get that out of here. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's the extent of my emotes, but you can put them in your uh, game now. I haven't, honestly, Cult of the Lamb's probably a pretty good October game to play, mm-hmm. but I haven't gone back to it. Yeah, I think there's also like a Twitch integration. This is like old stuff at this point. Yeah. There's like a Twitch integration where like um people who like follow you or are watching the stream or whatever will their names will show up as the animals and you can make them do fucked up stuff and it's and very funny. Sacrifice your chat. Yeah, exactly. I kinda like that. Yeah. But we're not talking about that today. This is apparently episode nineteen. We're eighty percent sure. We're talking about card games. Yeah. You know, paper, putting paper on the the board and having cards on your screen you can touch with your fingers. Yeah, physical, digital card games. I don't know which ones. I guess, so the hot one right now is Marvel Snap. Mm-hmm. I've been playing a lot of Marvel Snap. Yeah. Um, Honestly, I'm going to... In like a second here, I feel like I can just on air play a game of Marvel Snap and uh, give you an audio walkthrough of what's on my screen. (laughs) (laughs) I bet that'll be a really good podcast episode. That's like really good content right there. No, so it's cool. All these games are six turns. Mm -hmm. And each map, there's basically kind of like a... You know, this card game's a lot like Overwatch, like old Overwatch, where you had to control the points. So there's yeah. three points in the middle of the board. And there's basically like lanes. Yeah, and you need to control two out of three of them to win. Mm-hmm. So you you drop a card on it, and if your card bigger, you get the spot. <laughs> number bigger, win game. Yeah, if number bigger, you win game. But they take like two minutes. Um and, you know, our, our friend Brenton there, he linked our, we have a card game chat in our Discord, too, where we've just been, like, 
you know, sharing all the hot strats. But there's a bot in there now, too, that's linked and tells you, like, your total number of games. And this game's been out, like, a week, and he's already had, like, a thousand games of it. Oh, man. I didn't realize. Yeah. <laughs> it, it goes quick. Um, yeah. And it's nice. So, compared to, like, like Hearthstone or any of those games, it's kind of, it's really hard to get enough in-game money to get good cards. Mm-hmm. This game doesn't have that. You're only, like, the currency in this game is just to make your cards look cooler. Okay. So, like, I, yeah, that was going to be a question I had. Because mm-hmm. I, I played um maybe, like, ten games of this thing. You played a little and, Snap? Yeah, dude, I wasn't just going to, like, show up. Like, oh, okay. Like a dumbass, although I'm <laughs> still probably going to. So I, so I don't have to do the the audio walkthrough of a game of marvel snap <laughs> no no um oh shit what was okay oh, yeah yeah you've been playing que- like the, 10 games yeah the, <laughs> yeah and the question i had was like if there was any monetization around it because i've just been pressing like i haven't known what a single button does i just like press the one that glows <laughs> and it gets me to a game they, okay. they could like they oh. could trick me if they wanted to dude that, that's a, i mean the big button that glows um oh yeah the first one it really does kind of funnel you into like doing certain things it's like yeah. all right hit hit play and then it's like here use this currency you just got now to upgrade a card but yeah all it's doing is so first the cards are just like a basic thing so you'll get like i don't know let's oh boy <laughs> uh cyclops that's a that's a superhero sure yeah so it sure starts is. out with like a he's a common card I think he's like, he doesn't even have any special abilities, which is weird because he's got laser eyes. I feel like they should give him an ability. Mm. But as a basic card, you just drop down a picture of Cyclops. When you upgrade him to like a green border card, as you're playing him, a big laser beam effect comes out of the card and is just like shooting at your opponent. It doesn't do any damage. It's just like a pretty animation. Mm -hmm. Then you upgrade it again, it becomes 3D. Have you seen any of the 3D cards? Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, it's kind of tight. It's it's sick. I don't like. It looks better than anything the 3DS could do. Which actually, actually, yeah. <laughs> like I think they could have. They they can just still do this effect because obviously iPhone screens are not actually 3D, which mm-hmm. is like throwing the background on the back. I don't know. Oh, like an more, AR. Yeah, I feel like they could have just, like, they could do this effect in more games. It seems, like, pretty easy. There's, like, wiggling your phone around and seeing the card move. I like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a cool way to, like, take a game that could be done physically. <laughs> like, yeah. Th- th- this game so easily could just be, like, a physical card game. Um, but, and, like, yeah. And the numbers aren't that big. I guess I should explain some of the the bits here the mechanics i go for it I'll, I'll do my best so every single game you have your three points in the middle they're called some gamer term who knows but each one has like a weird bonus effect or like a debuff or something so you want to play cards there to try and capture it. again you get two out of three you win the game and you only have six turns to do it but like one point will be like uh, the, the person with the most cards here gets an additional three power at this spot. 
So like if you're the first person to get four cards on that spot, you'll you'll probably get it because it's gonna toss a couple extra of you know power on that point. There's like incentives to, um, like gamble on each lane, right? Yeah, and and there's a risk with that though because if you dump, you know, four cards on that spot and they play like a, I don't know, a Namor. That's that's like a big expensive card that usually has huge power. Mm-hmm. If they put him on there. He'll probably have a higher power than that whole spot. And now you've just wasted four cards on that one spot while there's two other lanes you're going to lose. Yeah, it's like hedging your bets. Uh, So that's the thing I've, I think, like most about like the gameplay of this thing. It's like, uh, do I want to, sometimes I'll just like give up on a lane Mm -hmm. just to like invest in the other two. Yeah, it's not worth it. Or like some of, some of the lanes will have like, cards here have negative three power Mm -hmm. i like no most people don't want that spot so you grab it so i go for it (laughs) yeah which you have to be really careful though because the math is so confusing for that like if you drop oh boy like you can actually drop the power if you're not smart enough like i am i find myself like um like bringing up pemdas and trying to calculate things yeah i hate that i have to do long division yeah like some of the spots are like who can solve this math problem first yeah yeah damn dude that'd be fun yeah (laughs) should should we make a video game where it's just like math challenges yeah you have to solve like ridiculous math problems to have a turn no i would hate that game man no (laughs) yeah math sucks um have you been playing real people in this yes it does eventually get you to real people okay i feel like i've just been playing robots but i'm not sure yeah it starts off with a lot of robots and you honestly will still run into a decent bit of robots the game does a really good job at keeping you um basically versing people around the same collection level right which is like as you're playing you're leveling up your collection which is unlocking more cards so you're mm-hmm. mostly versing people that have access to the same cards. Right. That's smart. Yeah, keep you on the same thing. And like like with 12 cards, it's really easy to figure out the kind of basic strategies. Like some cards are have like on reveal effects, so once the card flips over, it does something. And then mm-hmm. there's ongoing cards, which you place the card and it puts like a buff that lasts through all the turns. Um Yeah. Like, there's a big naked hairy guy named Kazar. Yeah. I wonder if he's, like, a Tarzan guy. I don't know what his deal is. But basically, (laughs) if he's on the board, all of your one-cost cards get bonus power. Okay. So, like, you just... You build a whole deck with, like, you know, a bunch of cheap one-cost cards with other ongoing abilities. Then you put Kazar down, and then he buffs all those guys. So, like, okay. you just base or pick, like, one of those abilities and be like, all right, this deck's going to do ongoing effects. Yeah, so you just build the whole deck around that. And same thing, like, uh, the on-reveal cards. The, I hope, this is interesting, right? I hope you <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like this, just, like, this is how the game works. Um, You're in, like, strategy mode. Because I, I figured it out. I can, I can manage 12 cards. So one of yeah. the best on on reveal cards is Odin, who uh you know Norse mythology, and I guess he's in the Thor movies, and he's also a comic book character. 
mm-hmm. if you drop him, all the other people that had on reveal effects, it triggers all those to happen again. So basically, oh. like you drop him on the final turn, and then he kicks off all your effects again. So it just starts like a big crazy chain of chaos. Yeah. So that was one thing I was unsure. Again, super limited time with this mm-hmm. thing. Um, I didn't realize, or I mean, I kind of assumed it was like a deck building game. I haven't gone into like edit my uh, my deck or anything. Yeah, and it actually the deck it kind of first tricks you into building all works together really well so you can sort of let that rock for a little bit until you're like oh i just got a new card with a neat effect i'm gonna try and fit it in somewhere yeah i'm sure they do that to they have like a deck specific for learning the game yeah i think this game is like the best learning curve as we're like oh and it's so uh one of the main guys on this is ben brode and he was the dude that sort of got like hearthstone off the ground he was like huge pr person for that which was also like kind of responsible for when hearthstone got big and every like professional hearthstone event they always would build out these elaborate fantasy taverns where you just like sit and even the game hearthstone like it's set where you're sitting at a table in like a a tavern so like yeah. they have this really nice aesthetic to it like i went to when I was at BlizzCon, they had the whole room built out like a, a Hearthstone tavern, and then you're playing Hearthstone in the Hearthstone tavern. Mm, like drink. physically. Yeah. That's that's the one thing this game, I think, is lacking so far. So I hope with that guy behind it, they start adding, like, I don't know, fun comic book locations. I want it to feel like I'm sitting in a little tiny New York diner or, like, mm. you know, playing in the Avengers campus or something. Yeah, because that's something that, like, um, I, th- I think Arxis really started it, where they're online lobbies for, like, uh, like Exerd Rev 2, Guilty yeah. Gear. Um, they were, like, arcade cabinets, and it, w- it would sort of just, like, be in an arcade. And Street Fighter Six is doubling down on that. Um, their big online lobby is, like, a physical space where you walk around and yeah. just sit in, sit in a cabinet and play someone else. That would be really cool for a card game. Like like if in Hearthstone, you could get up, walk around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Maybe alluding to a different game. Oh, God. <laughs> but it would be cool. Yeah, and I, I think it definitely to talk about like the FGC stuff, too. Like That whole arcade cabinet thing, I think, is based in the fact that fighting games first started off as like physically playing next to each other at arcade cabinets. Mm-hmm. So when we have like a much more powerful digital space trying to capture that weird like physical connection, it's like Hearthstone feels like you're sitting at a table. Fighting games feel like you're actually getting in front of an arcade cabinet, especially yeah. Street Fighter Six though. Yeah, I-, I want that. I'm chasing that. Yeah, but hey, good um, game. Yeah, I I don't think um, I probably won't spend a lot more time on it, but I think it's like well structured. I'm not like a Marvel guy is the thing. I know. I, I'm realizing there's so many like, I'll probably get beat up, but like so many no-name people <laughs> where like they're probably huge characters to some people, but I'm realizing I just like, I know the guys that were on, on the various movies. See, I, I'm kind of more interested in the ones that I don't know or like the ones that I only know from like 
watching um, Marvel versus Capcom. Oh yeah! Wow. All right. Hey, name a Marvel versus Capcom character that isn't in one of the Avengers movies. The thing is, I haven't watched like I can't a do lot it. of the MCU stuff. I don't know. Is like Sentinel in a? Wow. Yeah, I mean uh, that's like Doctor Doctor Doom. Okay, you've you've picked the guys. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love Doctor Doom. I kind of hope they put him in the movies. But yeah, uh, and Sentinel is actually a really good card in Marvel Snap. So if they put Doctor Doom in the movies, I want him to like do an infinite on Tony Stark or whatever. I know. I want to learn how to do an infinite with Iron Man. Yeah, there's um. Is that the? There's video? a lot of good tutorials. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Thank you. Light yeah. punch. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. Card games are, you know, they're fighting game adjacent, kind of. This they game are. is probably more footsie heavy than any other card game. There's like, I'm not prepared to talk about this. There's like a card game out there that's like based on fighting game. Oh, I got terms. you. It's called Exceed. Exceed? Yeah, the game's called Exceed, and they make all these like different character packs, but you're actually playing... So I've played on one of the playing mats for this, um, and it's like a, I'm using my keyboard as an example here, but it's like a long mat, and you have your cards going like at each other, and you're basically playing moves to uh, figure out like spacing between each other, and it's like if you're three spaces away, you can do like this attack. It's like you're you're literally playing like a physical game of footsies. Oh, Okay. Yeah, it's it's, it's really good. <laughs> I, I I just googled it. The thing I was thinking of was called Yomi. What the hell's Yomi? I actually do want to uh, Google that real quick, if you don't mind. Yeah, no, Google Yomi. I just did. Yomi, Yomi, no me. Mm, I don't know. What oh, that is. that's a, a paramecia type devil fruit. Oh, um, very cool. I'll, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, Yomi is just a term in the FGC for, well, I mean, it's like a Japanese word, I think, but like like reading the other player, um, I should maybe just like play this. Yomi? Maybe we'll talk about it next week. Oh, so is it a, is it a digital game or a physical game? Oh, is it physical? I kind of assumed it was digital, but I'm probably wrong. I don't know. It's on Steam. Huh, but there is actually a physical one. Yeah, it's called a fighting card game. Yeah, there's parallels for sure. I mean, even just like the like um, hedge betting and it it it's all just like mind games, I guess. Um, just one is in real time. Ooh, I like these cards too. Can you describe one of them for our audio listeners? So it this just looks like a big Gundam. Oh, that's not a Gundam. Yeah. I'm sorry. This is like a samurai. These have like a card, like uh, what people play poker with. What are those cards? Like they're like they also have six of spades. Wow, I don't know anything about real cards. <laughs> real cards. <laughs> but yeah, like these fighting game cards have, um, the the sweet suits suits. They've that got suits right. on them. <laughs> Why do they have suits on them? Dude, I have no idea. I closed out of all my tabs like a minute ago. 
<laughs> I, I can't contribute to this conversation sorry anymore. i i whenever i see a new card game i have to like look at all the weird icons on the cards and decide if it's too much for me see okay that's the thing about card games for me personally i'm like <clears throat> i'm not like a big rules guy if someone is like explaining the rules of like a board game or a card game to me mm-hmm. i like black out <laughs> and then wake up and then, like, suddenly I'm playing the game. I, I just can't, like, absorb them. I know. Um, and that's, it's really daunting, too. I kind of have the same problem. I do play, like, more board games, but I, I wish it was more around, like, hey, we're just gonna, st- we're just gonna start and then, like, throw questions at me if you have them. I feel, yeah. I, I learn a lot better by kind of doing, and I think that's how these games are supposed to be. They're supposed to be, like, you, you get in there and start playing, but when you have to sit through, like, 30 40 minutes of role explanation dude i'm not mm-hmm. playing that or like if i'm just like looking at a screenshot and there's like numbers all over the place i'm i'm it's so intimidating to me i know but I, I, think, I check out immediately i think marvel snap did a good job of just like onboarding right away yeah it's just the only things on the card are, are power and cost yeah easy shit like I, i've played i've played pokemon <laughs> a little bit oh I'm going to wait to talk. We will talk about the Pokemon trading card game this episode. Oh, really? I had no idea. We will. Well, specifically the Game Boy Color one. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, um... Should I we just do that? Yeah, I don't really have anything else to talk about Marvel Snap. Do we take a quick little break here and then... Yeah, we'll take a quick break. Like a totally normal break. It's a normal and, um, break. We'll be right back. I swear there's no ads. <laughs> nice i think we're back we're absolutely back speaking of back yeah you got you're going somewhere (laughs) uh that was one of those like i figured i'd just throw a really what's a hard ball to hit in baseball like a curveball, I think is usually the term people use. Curveball, like a softball, would be like if I said something easy for you to like, yes, end us into a transition. Uh, but that was a curveball, maybe a slider, knuckleball. That was like a knuckleball. Yeah, I threw a knuckleball. Yeah, and I got hit by the. <laughs> I got hit by the ball. <laughs> you didn't even have a bat. I just threw a baseball at you. <laughs> I'm walking to first base right now with like my head down. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of a good pitcher here yeah uh man so we're gonna be talking about a game we can't talk about did you beat the game we can't talk about well we can say we can say inscription out loud right well usually it summons a ghost that comes out of my computer and (laughs) takes all my files yeah Uh, um yeah yeah i beat inscription okay cool so we can talk about all the stuff um i guess we can we can play it safe for a little bit, but we are going to just get into spoilers. I know Inscription has now just come out on consoles and and things, but mm-hmm. hopefully us talking about card games for the first half will have either dissuaded you from listening to the second half where we talk about the good card game. Yeah, maybe the best one. Uh, so what, I guess going into Inscription... I I basically nagged everyone for months and months and months, and I went through my Steam library. 
I had gifted this to people five times. You gifted <laughs> five people inscription? Yeah, because I couldn't talk about it and nobody else could play it. <laughs> Doesn't that suck? It was terrible. And I'm like, because the game really doesn't do a, a great job of telling you what it is, which in hindsight is perfect. Like when yeah. you just look at the Steam pages, it's like, I don't know, even like the screenshots aren't that great. It's like, here here is inscription. Uh, okay. And it's a card. Yeah. So, you know, I, I couldn't get anyone to play it and I couldn't talk to anyone about it. And I played this like mm-hmm. last this I don't remember when it came out, but I definitely was playing it last year and it was like dark and kinda cold. Nice fall weather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like a 2021 game. And my experience with Inscription was that I heard it was really good, mm-hmm. but wasn't able to play it <laughs> <laughs> until it came out on Mac the next year. So, Okay, so I, it's officially on Mac now? Yeah, it's on Mac. It's on um, PS4, <laughs> what, oh, whatever, Xbox. It's probably on all the consoles. Yeah, it, it's coming to Switch later at some point. Wow, this would feel right yeah. at home on the Switch, too. It would feel right at home god but yeah what a what a cool game it's from the the dude that does pony island daniel something i'm sorry but it's pony island guy that's the name now. Uh, you, yeah but, throwing more knuckleballs at me all right uh let me <laughs> let me hit you with a curveball yeah i'll like knock it? it out of the park here did you like it game good see easy <laughs> game good you know i actually have a funny like tangent tangentially related story hit me um so at like the community garden i have a plot at sometimes like where we go in to do work together with people and um we went in like a month ago and i met this guy he was really nice and everything and we were like pulling weeds together around like the community fence and he was like oh yeah it's like so good to come out here just because like otherwise i'd be like inside playing video games oh and as like as like a pretty introverted person like i'll hop on that opportunity so quick with just like a oh yeah what games you've been playing just to find easy conversation and the dude said yo i finished inscription recently and i haven't been able to like stop thinking about it and like I got to talk about inscription with this random person for like 15 minutes. Oh my goodness. Which I'm sure you would have loved to have run into uh, one year ago when you couldn't convince anyone to play inscription. Well, and I still haven't talked to anybody about inscription. Still? Yeah. (laughs) Because like I would talk in like the, the public, you know, discord channels Mm-hmm. And I just didn't want to say anything. But that's, oh, that that's incredible. That is not the game I would expect to find conversation in the community garden about. Yeah, so random. Uh, but it was cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know how to talk about this game. Yeah. Mm, um, we. I mean, mechanics? we could talk about it. <laughs> Plot? Well, all right, how about acts, right? We talk about act one, and then we say hey before you move forward play inscription and then we can talk about the other stuff if you'd like okay yeah we'll we'll discuss this in in acts then so i guess just diving in we'll talk about this portion of 
this is the safe portion of the game. We'll talk about light, light setting spoilers, I guess, and I guess mechanics. But yeah, right off the bat, when you install the game and boot it up, the first option is continue. Mm-hmm. And it just kicks you right into a game. You wake up in front of a very scary person with like eyeballs at the end of the table who kind of yeah. talks in in fuzz fuzzy scary language mm-hmm. uh oh I, I wish i could listen to that noise right now I'm yeah i have up. it like in my head yeah <laughs> i like hearing it but uh and he just kind of starts like hey you're uh clearly he has you captive in this cabin which is like a scary yeah. little little cabin and now you have to play a card game with him and he presents the board almost like he's like a dungeon master he kind of like yep. has a, a whole board in front of you which he presents kind of starting off with just like the game mechanics which mm-hmm. i think this has probably the easiest like card game bit i've ever had to learn so like you basically play stuff just by sacrificing cards and i think it's like the blood costs right yeah oftentimes you'll like sacrifice a squirrel and then you can play one card that requires one sacrifice yeah um and the goal is basically just to hit the opponent so you want to get through whatever line of everything is kind of woodland critters you want to get through the line of woodland critters to actually hit your opponent who's the the scary guy with the spiral eyeballs and the voice (laughs) yeah I loved the like aesthetic of everything. The fact that like you're sacrificing squirrels to summon like moose, meese. Ah shit, meese's brother. <laughs> yeah, you're summoning meeses and like wolves and shit. Um, Which it's it's cool because there's this there's actually the the squirrel deck and your own deck. So on your turn, you can pick whether to draw a squirrel or draw a card from your deck. Yeah, squirrels are like energy cards from Pokemon and um yeah it's uh, the animals are like pokemon from pokemon yeah i think actually so Yu-Gi-Oh is it granted those cards are like 10,000 life points or whatever <laughs> but like yeah. yeah it's based around like sacrificing cards to have enough like stars to play your bigger cards but in this it's it's blood it's like a a moose or whatever will cost two blood so you have to sacrifice two squirrels or a mm-hmm. different card that's worth two blood yeah uh, so it's like it's a really easy game to figure out, but then you know you get through your first bash and he's like, "Cool, you move on." And he presents like this giant map in front of you with like all these winding paths. Um, it's a lot like, say, Slay the Spire. It's kind of a lot like that. You're sort of mm. choosing your path, and there's like different effects. Like you can rest at a, a bonfire where, you know, if you put one of your cards by this bonfire these little like figurines it'll be like oh they look hungry but if you rest by the fire we'll buff your card so like there's a yeah. slight chance they'll just eat your card but there's a chance that they'll buff it and then you get a bigger card in your deck i feel like that's when it really started to feel like uh like a dnd campaign yeah when you're presented choice mm-hmm. um was there a choice that you went to really frequently when you got to that like oversight map i actually did 
So I did the bonfire like every chance I got. I never had a card get eaten. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't know if they actually do it, but the uh, this will sort of get into me like I got into like the the meta of <laughs> of this because I was like, it's really neat. Like I'm, you're obviously curious about like why you're trapped in the cabin. Who's this scary person that's also a really good dungeon master? Um, yeah. But I would go to the person that sells pelts. Yeah. And I would collect pelts. So this is interesting. I I did like the complete opposite of you, but Mm -hmm. go on. Yeah. So this game, I guess, would be classified as one of those roguelikes. Now, I need you to correct. Is it a roguelike or a (laughs) roguelite? It's a logmite. It's like um, like a deck building roguelite. Yeah, it's stalagmite. But what happens is you do kind of get cooked. So when you lose, he drags you into the corner and takes a selfie. Yeah. And you get to name the card, which, you know, I, whatever, I name it like James or something. But mm-hmm. then you're allowed to pick three abilities from your existing cards and to make yeah. something called a death card, which is something that will get cycled into your next deck because... I believe, yes, he does kill you and jam your essence into this card. Yeah, and when you get that card on your next run, it's like a difficulty, um, not slider, what's the term I'm thinking of? Um, I think as you're making better card, like starting off the game with a huge card like that, because mm-hmm. like now in the very beginning of this map, you have a... Oh, so maybe I'll explain my pelts first. Pelts yeah. are zero cost. Like, they're not a, there's not a blood cost associated with them. So when you're making the death card, the first thing you pick is the cost. So I would pick a pelt as the cost of my death card. Okay. So, so you wouldn't trade the pelts in when you had the opportunity to? No, I'd, I'd exclusively... I think I might have done that once, but I would try and keep them mostly to make free death cards okay so whenever i'd get a death card i could just put it on the field i didn't have to do anything Mm -hmm. but then like for the cost or something i'd pick or for um the power i'd pick like a bear so now i have a free four four card or four damage card and if you got the ouroboros this is another card that basically every i forget if it's every death or every win it uh, boosts your card's stats by one. So the card just okay. infinitely keeps getting better and better. Yeah. So now by my second run, I already had like a, a seven damage kind of a free card I was just dropping on the board. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the game can get really easy if you're smart with the death cards. Yeah, I thought that was really smart because you could just like keep slamming your head at the same path every time but they introduce um these cards to make your next run easier yeah and, and there's a certain point where it really wants you to experience that so like mm-hmm. i forget when but he just drops like endless bears at you <laughs> yeah and you have to you can actually get through it i think it was actually the i was watching like the waypoint channel and they had a really good run at inscription where it was their first mm-hmm. time like blind 
playthrough. Um, but they didn't really feel like you had to die it, so they actually made it through the bear fight, which was absolutely insane. But that is supposed to kill you, so you can go ahead and do the death cards. Right. Now, as you... Right. You know, there is more to this. As you get the the big map in front of you, he also reminds you that you can get up and leave the table whenever you want while he has the map out. Yeah, real, real quick, while, before we move on, mm-hmm. um, can I explain the two... Um, I had two different ways of going about trying to beat the game. Yes. Um, while, while we're still on like mechanics and stuff. Um, so when you're in that, when you get that oversight map where you can choose different paths to go, mm-hmm. I usually went towards the, um, the wooden carver. Do you remember that? Uh, that would make the like totems. Yeah. The totems. Exactly. Yes. So you can choose like what effect happens when you play a certain animal, right? Mm-hmm. I would make it so, if if I was given the option to, every time I play a squirrel, I get a squirrel. Or every time I draw a squirrel, I get another squirrel or something like that. Oh, so or maybe it's like... Many squirrels? Every time... Yeah, like, <laughs> so many squirrels. <laughs> and um, that's what got me through the run I ended up winning, just because everything was basically like a free play because I was like swimming in squirrels. Okay. So it was like a a very similar approach, but you went with an infinite money glitch and I went with infinite big card glitch. (laughs) Yeah, no, the big cards definitely helped me still. Yeah. But now Um, you also could afford everything else too. Cause there is, there is good cards. Yeah. The, the, The other thing, which I thought was a little more fun. Did you fuck with ants? at all i never fuck with dude i hate ants in real life and in oh wait a second don't the bugs like there's like a queen ant right oh yeah i'll let you uh explain this i kind of i'm blanking on it yeah so i think like similarly i did the totem thing but with bugs right Mm -hmm. yuck every time i play an ant i get an ant and that what ants do is if you have more ants on the board um like, if you have four ants on the board, then there are four four cards. Four attack, four defense. Oh, my gosh. Um, Yeah. And I feel like they're, like, free to play. Like, squirrels. But they um, do damage? But they do damage, depending on how many you have on the board. So, like, if you keep playing ants, because mm-hmm. <laughs> you have, like, an infinite amount of ants, um, you basically just, like, steamroll through everything. Oh, my gosh. Hey, that's actually funny, though. You said, what, so if you get four ants on the board, they, like, buff each other? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, so in Marvel Snap, Ant-Man, if you have four <laughs> cards on a spot, Ant-Man gets bonus for each card played there. Maybe that's, like, I think it's just a like, reference. Yeah, I think it's just, like, ant lore. They're stronger together. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, like, literally true. Wow. Makes you think, um, huh? makes you think they maybe thought about like what animals do and i tried to give them abilities based off of that see i like that there's so now you can also just download like a a way to just keep playing through the fun roguelike card game and i kind of want to run through that again to see if i can do some different strategies without just making broken death cards yeah because the game is fun it's just like fun on its own it's a good-ass card game. 
And this goes yeah. to show, like, again, there's very little icons on each card. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's power cost, and some of them have, like, a third little effect. Yeah. You, like, learn it gradually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, I interrupted you earlier, though. As you were saying, like, you can get up from the table. Yeah. And this is, I guess, where the game starts to get into, like, uh, like story spoilers a little bit. But this stuff's mm-hmm. all pretty safe. Yeah, so you can, you can get up and quickly you'll realize there's like little puzzles all over the room. And it kind of turns into, if you're into escape rooms, it's a lot like that kind of stuff. And yeah. early on, you'll actually get a card who's like a little, uh, oh man, he's not a possum. A stout? I think he's a stout. Yeah. But mm-hmm. he, the card actually talks to you. So it's like, oh. So are like, are other things getting trapped in these cards? But he alludes to the fact that there's other cards hidden throughout the cabin. And you'll find yeah. like little clues. Uh, some of the puzzles are really easy, and some of them I did have to Google. Like any of them that... They have they have some freaking math problems, dude. <laughs> there was math in the dude, cabin. When are they going to realize that like math is... It's like subjective. Like you shouldn't... There shouldn't be an answer to a math problem because like any answer works yeah there's two game mechanics that people just need to stop doing one is item durability and two is <laughs> math yeah Ugh. do away with it yeah so you can google all the math problems though i just like fucked with every slider until it was correct uh, without thinking about it at all yeah I, I tried a little bit granted i guess the math isn't that hard but i had to google it so maybe it is yeah or I'm, or I'm dumb as bricks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, like you'll just kind of work through that. And he, like the game does get to a point where he's like, hey, go grab me the thing from over here. So you have to go and get him something. So that will also kind of force you to walk around the cabin and you'll realize you, you can do that. Yeah, but the more fun puzzles to solve were like, uh maybe the stout would say like oh yeah go to this page in the rule book and you'll see that there's like three numbers mm-hmm. and then it's like oh maybe if i go to the clock and yeah maybe if i set the like time. set it set the time um clock will pump that out stuff something is, yummy yeah or like a new guy that talks to you yeah or like you have like a little piece of a, a statue and you see that there's a broken statue in the corner and you gotta go put it on there yeah that stuff is super fun uh, you can find a knife at some point. Mm-hmm. That that was crucial. I think those were the only, you know, to get into the vibes of this, I think those are the only, like, kind of scary parts of the game. The game has, like, a whole uneasy vibe to it, but there's, like, various tools you can get. So pliers and a knife are specifically ones. One of the pliers, like, as you're hitting the opponent... He's just dropping teeth on a scale, and that's sort of your health. You know, yeah. you, you hit him and you drop a bunch of teeth on the scale. But if you're losing, you can actually use the pliers to yoink out your own teeth. And Isn't it a finger? Uh, is it a finger? I thought you just yoinked out teeth. Maybe it's teeth. I thought you, like, pulled a finger. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I, kinda, I might be wrong. I kind of want to confirm that real quick. Because then I definitely yeah. did not remove a finger. Uh, inscription game, pliers. Yeah, yeah, you place one of your own teeth on the scale. 
What the fuck did I play? Oh, anyway. Dude, you were playing the Pokemon trading card game. <laughs> oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, but so the the knife is another one where you yeah you pick up the knife and the whole time I I was thinking you would just cut off a finger and put it on the scale. The knife comes straight at your like view because you mm-hmm. you stab at one of your own eyeballs. Yeah. Uh, it's brutal. Yeah, but if you uh, are able to win another game with one eyeball, the guy will present you a box of eyeballs. Yeah. And you can pick and one. And one of them like looks a little funky. Mm-hmm. So obviously you got to pick the funky one. Yeah. Which uh, allows you to see like hidden codes throughout the room. Yeah. It's like built-in 3D glasses. It's like a UV light, and you can see like all the stains in the room. Ooh, he's got a nasty cabin. Yeah. Wow. Uh, this game's hard to talk about from this point. So. <laughs> no, it's easy. Ready? Mm-hmm. We're gonna be talking about spoilers from now on. Turn away and place inscription unless you want to hear spoilers. Yeah, you've been warned. You've been warned. Now tell me exactly what you want to say about this game. Okay, well, at this point, so you get an eyeball and you can see the codes around the room and like various, you know, fun things, which directly leads you to being able to get a camera and Mm -hmm. uh, a roll of film for it. At this point, the game gets a little wonky because he's pissed you have a camera. Yeah. So like if you, you know, can actually get through beating him and stuff you're able to try and take his picture. Mm-hmm. Which the game just Turn. sort of falls apart from this point. But mm-hmm. uh, I guess just to mention like the final boss real quick. It's a... Yeah. That, that walk through the woods into uh, a big fight against the moon. That, yeah, that shit was tight. I'm such a sucker for just like a big moon in the background. Well, I think that's what we realized. We both have just a lot of screenshots from games with big moons in the background. Yeah, a lot of Souls games. Mm-hmm. So such good moon placement. But yeah, so that's great. But when you when you defeat him, the game just turns into like something something else. I think from right here is where it jumps back to a, like a camcorder recording section where you can just view a bunch of tapes. Yeah, and that's when you meet Luke Carter, the real life person. Yeah, the the lucky Carter. Yeah, that's when I got like just so sold on this game. Yeah, the fact that there's like, oh, uh, it looks like I I found, and, and like things started kind of fall in place here. Like the game starting with the continue option. It's like, man, you found a haunted cartridge. You're not supposed to be playing Inscription right now. So you're like continuing yeah. someone else's run. And now that you've beaten this part, you find, you know, a camcorder with all these, these recordings. So the Lucky Carter, he's like a, he's a pack opening YouTuber. And yeah. he gets this card game inscription, which like nobody knows exists. He like picked it up at a, a yard sale. He's like, all mm-hmm. right, I'm going to open these cards here. And then like, you know, as the videos go on, he's he's like finding a map to places and it has him like starting to get more and more paranoid as he's messing with these cards yeah it's kind of like um i found these fmv parts to be um a little cheesy 
but just so like really fun it uh, i guess that i guess like yeah i was about to say like the cheesy plus fun equals camp um yeah so it was really fun which do you remember marble hornets these were i don't know this was uh like the original slender man videos like this guy was like hey my Uh, my friend like dropped off a bag of videotapes and like i'm gonna be going through them and like the first couple are pretty normal and like as the guy keeps making youtube videos you know he's like whoa i uh yeah, my friend's, like, videos here, it looks like he was starting to get, like, paranoid, and I haven't heard from him for, like, a couple weeks now. And he's, like, finding scarier and scarier things in the videos until the videos, you know, the same things are happening to him. And I yeah, I think a lot of that is sort of happening with this game where, you know, you're kind of trying to figure out what happened to this Lucky Carter guy, and the game is alluding to the fact that, like, now you're in it, too. Did you say Marvel Hornets? <laughs> marble. Like, uh, marble. you know, like playing marble on the playground? I thought you said Marvel Hornets. I was like, no, I haven't seen that. <laughs> and to talk about Marvel Snap again. <laughs> no, but it's just like YouTube, like found footage thing. But it was really cool for its time. Yeah, totally. Um, so it was nice to see this kind of tap into that. Like, not enough games mess around with the medium here and like there's there's not a lot of good meta narratives like this games that like get outside of the game Mm -hmm. yeah totally and i think this is when the game jumps into act two i don't know if there's anything in between the videos i'm sort of going off memory on this part yeah no that sounds about right okay so act two starts Mm -hmm. and (laughs) um it turns into like a super nintendo game so it turns into the pokemon trading card game from for the game boy color yeah or can i introduce my uh frame of reference Mm -hmm. the Yu-Gi-Oh game boy advance game oh my gosh those are so good i think it said oh my gosh i'm sorry oh my gosh oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) um Yu-Gi-Oh sacred card it looks like it's the title i played the shit out of that game but i mean no this goes back to um the hearthstone conversation earlier right Mm -hmm. like what if i could like get up and there's like a tavern like in Yu-Gi-Oh, it's like yeah you walk around a city and like go through the events of Yu-Gi-Oh, and just like play cards with people i might have to play that game too you should it's really good um yeah because i guess with my same thing with the the game boy game like it's you know you have this sort of open world like you can go to different places and just challenge you know the the people that play cards in these areas mm-hmm. and now you're doing that in this like 16-bit version of inscription where you're kind of starting to learn the lore of the world too like the guy that yeah. has kept you hostage in this cabin is named leshy and he's one of these four almost like gods of this world scribes i think oh, is what scribes. they call them inscription ah mm. ain't that something well he he's got a place here but yeah you have to go around and just kind of like one you you beat the almost in like you know typical pokemon battle fashion you beat the the people in the gym <laughs> if you could yeah, frame everything as a gym their respective gym and there's like gym puzzles actually yeah this was my favorite part um, of the game, honestly. I would agree if um, I had a hard time learning. So this is also when you find out that 
that the version of inscription you've been playing this whole time mm-hmm. is just like one fourth of <laughs> the mechanics. Yeah. So at, at this point, you have to learn like three other card games, essentially, or I guess like mechanics within the card game. Yeah. Like which I almost fell off of as a person who oh. has a hard time with rules and mechanics. Um, I almost fell off of it, but okay. I did get the hang of it. It was cool to see, um, to experiment with like different uh, cards that like are now available. Yeah. Um, so like the, I don't remember her name. I believe it was the ladybug card. But when you meet that person, her whole place is like death. So all the cards are like bone cards. They're based around like having enough bones to play more things. Uh, that one was really hard for me for some reason. Well, that that was introduced in the version of Inscription you were playing too. Oh, yeah. Right? Possums, I think, had bones. Yeah, you were able to draw or place cards based off of how many cards have already died. Yeah, and you get bones for sacrifices. Yeah, so that one was easy to pick up. I guess you're sort of just learning two other games. There's like a robot. (laughs) There's like a more mechanical robot version. And then there's like the magic, um, magic with a K. Yeah, I loved that, like the magic area. Yeah, the wizard shit. Yeah, the wizard shit's really cool. Um, The robot stuff isn't that cool. Yeah, which is very unfortunate. (laughs) (laughs) Which will... We'll get into Act Three, yeah, and talk about that. Uh, but but aesthetically, like this whole area was very cool. It just felt like you know you have the four gym leaders, you can sort of like work your way around them as you seem fit. There are some areas that are locked behind figuring out a puzzle, like especially around um, like Leshy's cabin. I think there's like a certain bridge you can only get past once you present a picture of someone's dog. That sounds about right something like that yeah there's like just like little nice puzzles everywhere but like the music's cool here and everything looks great yeah it's like 16 bit i hear my uh my boy squeaking about oh boy we'll let him yell it out real quick yeah let let him squeak it out a bit yeah oh god my cat's also laying on the floor just like licking himself and grunting (laughs) just good background texture i i swear like 11 hits and that's like <laughs> just all the noise in my house go off <laughs> oh, sh- oh shoot my my rooster's going off too yeah that would be funny if we had a rooster for the podcast the motherfuckers i i had roosters growing up those things that's wake hilarious. you <laughs> those things wake you up at 4 a.m so we'll have to record a lot earlier if we want the rooster noises yeah, did your neighbors ever complain about the roosters? So, one of our neighbors claimed to like it, which I don't know if he was just being like the, ni- the nicest human. Yeah, maybe this part stays in the episode. I don't know, but like I grew no, up, good. I grew up in like not a rural area, like a really busy road actually, <laughs> but like chickens in the backyard. Um, and like, I don't know, my dad hunted, my mom gardened. It, it was like a weird, we were, I think we were like a little bit outcast for our road, but we had like chickens in the back and roosters, which are the ones that make the noise. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, apparently our neighbor said like, yeah, like I kind of like it. 
he was and, probably just being the nicest human on earth yeah absolutely because I, I feel like that's that has to be just based on tone like yeah i kind of like it i would be inclined to believe that but if yeah. i was like yeah i really like it yeah, but then I'd be like, oh, this guy's fucking with me. Like, clearly the rooster noise sucks ass. <laughs> yeah, or like, no, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, maybe he had like an early job or something. The rooster helped. You know, the normal alarm clock didn't do it. He needed some of the earth rooster type alarm clock. Or maybe he was from like a rural area and he's like, yeah, it reminded me of home. Oh, I miss my roosters. I miss my roosters. Is what he said. You can actually say you miss your roosters. Yeah. We did get rid of the roosters pretty quick. Um, Aren't they mean as shit, too? Dude, they're mean as hell. You go in to try to collect the eggs, and they, like, mm-hmm. attack you. You have to come in with a broom. <laughs> Sweep them out of the way. <laughs> D- yeah. Damn you, rooster. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. So we only had, like, a year with roosters. Um, but, yeah, those things yell super early. This is farm talk, right? We're on Farmcast. Yeah. I don't know how to wheel it back into inscription, but we can try. We'll sacrifice we to, we'll sacrifice the rooster right now and um go back to inscription. Bam bam bam. So you make it through uh well actually I do want to talk about the wizard and stuff. Oh Man, yeah. Man, yeah. the people that worked for the wizard that was like obviously it was still sixteen bit, but it was like some body horror going on. Like some of the people that worshipped him were turned into like gelatinous blob things and one guy's just like stuck in the void and yeah he's like, yeah if, if i chill in the void like uh you know i'll be his apprentice mm-hmm. and he's like really scared out in the void <laughs> <laughs> for like eternity that was actually maybe the scariest moment of the game for me yeah like, it, they did a lot of scary stuff with that mm-hmm. um and, you know like all things you do get through that and you find out the stout card that was in your deck was actually actually the uh a few cards so in the cabin through your first run through you get the ladybug card you get the wolf card and you get the stout these are the cards that talk yeah so they each correspond with one of these you know people you meet in the 16-bit world the wizard is the wolf the ladybug is the the dead zombie lady and the stout is the robot here i have names do you want names thank you (laughs) So Magnificus is the wizard guy. He um he paints cards, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about Leshy. He photographs wildlife to turn them into cards. Um, Grimora is the undead lady. Oh yeah. She uses a quill to inscribe epitaphs of the dead. That's fucking cool. To turn them into cards, yeah. And then the <laughs> the little robot guy is Po three. He uses a particle scanner to uh copy uh the cpu of robots into cards <laughs> god it's also tight it's all really tight but so as you're alluding to these three cards that you would talk to in the first act would turn out to be these four scribes or these three other scribes that you find later in act two. Oh, inscription yep is that funny a second time <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe we'll do it a third time. See how that works. Yeah, we'll have to say scribe again. Well, uh, well, yeah, you get through that part, and then uh, PO3 takes it as a chance to kill Leshy. Yeah. 
breaks his neck. Yep. Rip. Fleshy. Yeah. And then do we go to Act 3? I think that's... What? Uh, I think we get more Lucky Carter lore in between the acts again. Yeah, I'm sure. You find out that um, the makers of Inscription, they didn't want this copy of Inscription to be found. It was like a real world. Like the person that worked on Inscription, either like the building burned down or it seemed like they were like covering up a a murder or something. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) uh, But the company now has like these uh, really normie agents, you know, like people in black suits that are knocking on the lucky carter's door and they're like yo do you got our game he's like i i definitely don't have the game and then proceeds to make more youtube content about the game but (laughs) yeah so they know he has the game (laughs) yeah uh and then we get into act three so po3 has uh killed leshy and now he has thrown you into his version of the game which is the robot world. Yeah, he's trying to bring the, um, he calls it the Great Transcendence. Hell yeah. So PO3 is kind of like the overall villain. Although I don't know if he's... The three scribes kind of want to prevent what PO3 wants to do. Yeah, they're all, like, they definitely did not like being trapped as Leshy's cards no like that stunk yeah but now po3's thing seems like it's even worse too because now everyone will become you know part of the big machine yeah um but uh, mechanically we go back to um we get out of the 18 or the 16-bit world and mm-hmm. kind of go back to the what we've been playing through the first act but it's all just the mechanical robot uh mechanics yeah, and it, you're on, instead of, like, un- unfurling a map and being a good dungeon master, you now have, you're, like, a little icon, and you're going through a maze. Mm-hmm. And, Which uh, is... yeah, you find stuff. It is cool. Yeah, I found it a little hard to navigate, but... Yeah, it's a little, it's harder to navigate, but you're trying to activate these beacons all over the map to unlock more portions of the map. Um, and now the actual game itself is very robot-heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the robot, I think like aesthetically, I just didn't like it as much, but the game is still pretty fun. Yeah. Like it was easy enough to figure out there's like magnetic cards. There's cards that shoot in like two directions. Um, there's a, a turret that always hits the biggest card. Mm-hmm. There's like a sniper where you can choose where the card wants to hit. Yeah. 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 I think that stuff's all good. Uh, but like the... I don't know, and, like, same thing. You can get up from the table and explore, like, the the robot world. Uh, the puzzles aren't as, aren't as great in here either. Yeah. So it's, you do have to get through Act 3, but <laughs> once once you do, um, yeah, you kind of, you stop PO3's thing. Well, the tightest part about Act, Act 3 to me is that there's, like, these three mini-bosses in it. Um, there's the Archivist the photographer and i think i i wrote down golly golly but these these uh three characters like really break the game notably the archivist is the one that like really messed me up um 
so you fight this mini boss and then he wants you he wants to access your real files in real life Mm -hmm. and you have to put to prevent from yourself from dying you have to find the biggest file you have on your real life computer and uh like use that as like a counterweight on the scale it's hard to explain but um yeah so (laughs) james you're not gonna believe me the biggest file i could find on my computer were the waves of our podcast recordings oh because them motherfuckers are pretty big and they're pretty big i'm sorry about that dude i'm not gonna lie every time i would put a wave into the um when i would give him a wave uh the like the game crashed (laughs) (laughs) like like real life crash yeah like i couldn't do anything else and i had to like exit out and restart it yeah so i had to stop giving him our podcast files he was gonna destroy him anyways uh i had a, a fun time with that i actually just went into like my my steam and blizzard folders on my computer Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and here's the entirety of World of Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why my waves were so problematic. Because they were probably like under a gig. Yeah, realistically, oh, it is weird that it crashed the game. I, I don't know what that's about. But to get I, through that part, you really like a gig is a huge file for the game. Yeah, totally. I so didn't have big- to drop like... <laughs> A hundred gig files on. <laughs> yeah, how big is WoW? Oh, <laughs> uh, WoW I think is sitting at ninety gigs right now. Hell yeah, that's the stuff, dude. Destiny two, that's another one. It's like a hundred. I almost called it bucks. Give him hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah you no. have to beat this boss with money. <laughs> I think our podcast is just cursed. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they just didn't know what to do with that file. It's probably a dude's Mac thing. It maybe it is. Yeah. But I had to settle for just, like, um, the MP3s of our podcast and JPEGs of our episode art. Huh. I wonder how that works on console. If it just lets you pick, like, other games. Yeah. I bet that's it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Now, these these guys were all kind of still the other scribes, though, right? Like, was the archivist based on the magician? Yeah. And they were still, like, loosely tied to them. There's the photographer who's like so easily leshy. Yeah, leshy as hell. Um, and there's Golly, where Yeah, what the hell's that? Don't you you pull cards? Alright, so Golly's thing is like being connected to the internet, which is kind of like what um PO3 wants to do. PO3, the great transcendence, I think, is deleting inscription, right? Yeah. So when you beat Golly, you disconnect from the internet. Like all of these like things that you do are necessary for the great transcendence to happen. But Golly's thing is that like you put a card out there and you pull one from the internet that like another actual inscription player made. Yes. But here's the thing. I thought the gimmick was because I thought inscription was like so meta. I thought I had to like disconnect from the internet and that would like win me the fight uh, um, i guess it didn't no i just got like a random card um so oh, i didn't okay. really get to see the full golly fight it was cool i think that that would have honestly been a, a little cooler or at least like at the end of the fight it's like all right now disconnect yeah mm-hmm. um because like this whole act i mean 
the only other game I saw to do a lot of this kind of stuff was like Doki Doki Literature Club. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I know right? that game does have you like dicking around in your own files. It's like, oh no, there's a there's a Monica dot something out here. But yeah, this game really like tapped in that, but they did it. I think it was a lot more creative and, uh, you know, it messed with the space. Yeah. I always like a game that does something that only a game can do. Yeah, not enough games are doing stuff games can do. They're all trying to be movies nowadays, which is like, why would I play? I don't want to be shitty. Why would I play God of War Ragnarok if (laughs) I could just watch it? Yeah, why don't I just like, I want a game to force me to pull out a pen and paper and write like a letter and then I mail it to the developer and that gets me further in the game. Yeah. Why aren't they doing that? There's not enough multimedia going on in this space. Yeah. Uh, um, we, we win at that point, right? No, that activates the great transcendence. What do you mean win? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the victory lap at the end where like the world's falling apart and you still get to like fight everyone one more time. Yeah, so that's the great transcendence happening. So PO3 kind of gets what they want and like the game starts deleting itself. Um, and at this point you get to fight the other three scribes as Mm -hmm. like, like you said, like a final send off. Oh, Um, inscription. Yeah. Oh, is that why it's called inscription? (laughs) So you fight the other three scribes. You start with the, um, the, uh, oh geez. Magnificus. Grimora. Damn it. (laughs) Grimora. Um, the undead one. And you've, you play like a version of inscription that's just that and that's tight i kind of wish i could play she was more of really that. nice yeah um she was sweet yeah and i think she was like kind of stoked about the great transcendence she seemed to be happy that like um it's all over <laughs> yeah leshy though leshy is so sad that he can't play inscription anymore with you and it's he was just a gamer and he liked playing the game yeah and it got really sad like um the scale deleted from the game mm-hmm. unless she was like oh that's okay like i just want to keep playing we don't have to keep score anymore it was very much like titanic where it's sinking and the violin quartet is like all right boys it's been an honor playing with you yeah yeah actually <laughs> so i thought you were making like a joke but that's, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you win some, you lose some. Yeah, yeah. No, it, was, it was kind of beautiful. Yeah, surprisingly, um, I remember the music being really moving during that part yeah. too. Um, and then once you're done with Leshy, you shake his hand and then you play the big Magnificus game, which I didn't was the, enjoy. Was there giant hands in that one? Um, I recall that fight being like pretty cool. You're in like a big white area because there's no real map left. Yeah, and I think there's like Greek like statuary for some reason. I, yeah, I think that's what I, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, and you do like a wizard battle that you can't win. I think. Yeah. Um, kind of just like bide time until he's deleted. Yeah. Uh, I think after that. You shake Magnificus's hand, and I think the game's deleted. 
that's it. Oh, oh and, and then uh, and then yeah. the lucky Carter gets shot. <laughs> yeah, the feds or um, whoever get him. Yeah, they they shoot him, and that's the final footage. Yeah. Wow, cool game. <laughs> and that's it, right? I think that's it. Is are we missing inscription stuff? I think that's like a that's a pretty good deep dive on it. Yeah. Um, did Luke get to upload inscription? before dying oh because that's what he wanted to do right he wanted to like preserve he wanted to help so someone he met a person it was like their daughter died in in the fire from this company oh yeah he said he wanted to prove that it was like a murder yeah which i'm assuming that's what the um the card game developer wanted to cover up yeah so i think he did upload it yeah, I think he like sent it to the press, or maybe he didn't get to. I <laughs> wow, I forget. It's not really that important. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just cool. There's a lot of uh, real life stuff going on. Um, but yeah, I, I played this last year. I haven't gone back, but I, again, I did. My my Steam receipt at least tells me I gifted it five times. Yeah, gotta Luckily, do more convincing. It, yeah, I know. Well, and hopefully now that's on consoles, more people will get to experience it but if you've made it this far in the podcast uh, you've probably already played inscription you've hopefully already played inscription or you just wanted to listen to some people talk about it yeah um yeah so i didn't get to play inscription last year but i think it would have been my game of the year if i had played it last year oh impromptu game of the year episode retrospective game of the year 2021 would have been inscription if i could have played it whoa when did i think it was mine but when did you yakuza like a dragon come out i think that was a 2020 game dang oh you know what the ps5 version came out in 2021 yeah that's right um wow name one game that came out last year that is an inscription Guilty Gear Strive. This, all right, so my goatee list last year was three mm-hmm. games. I had only played three new video games last year. It was Guilty Gear Strive. It was The Forgotten City. Loved that oh, game. Yeah. And um, Little Nightmares too. Really like that one. That's it. <laughs> um, Dude, I don't remember what I played last year. I feel like it says more about like my taste in games than it does about um the state of like games in 2021 i just didn't play a lot of them but yeah it was just like your tasting and i think those games especially forgotten city like that's that game certainly you know it, it plays with the space yep <laughs> i haven't played that i just remember it was a skyrim mod and i downloaded it dude and, and guilty gear strive was like really meta too because you could fish like if you um play Kyle Kiske and you do a uh, Fudra arc on Potemkin, mm-hmm. it, you uh play a different video game. It turns into um Blaze Blue. And if you play as Potemkin, you are playing a different video game. It's just grab the grab the target. <laughs> it turns into uh grab the target. It turns right, into a thing. It turns into a like um turns into like a bullet hell where you have to just like navigate all these hitboxes until you're in and once you're in you win the game yeah as long as you grab 
Yeah, as long as you can Potemkin Buster. Wow, I'm really racking my brain on games that came out last year now. <laughs> yeah, you're struggling? Yeah, I think that might have been... So, obviously, at that point, we were just expecting a child. So, like, as the year went on, there was less and less we could really do. So, more and more time for us to play video games. And I think my games of choice was just playing through the entire Yakuza franchise. Yeah, that's when I played a ton of Yakuza Like a Dragon as well. I did a lot of... I played a lot of old games. Me too, exactly. So, specifically, like, the new stuff. I don't really recall too much of what came out. It was a really good catch-up year for me yeah one sec let me get um this will be fun the game of the year list you know the jeff Keeley, uh (laughs) goatee options from last year oh dude you've played these games well number one was death loop i don't think you played that it takes two one i believe which was pretty random oh i remember the games now metroid dread (laughs) I didn't play Metroid Dread, but it's on sale and I might pick it up. Oh, I thought you did. Um, You played Resident Evil Village. I was just going to say Resident Evil Village was... uh, Oh my god, Tales of Arise? Okay, but Resident Evil Village, that that was my goatee last year. Over Inscription? Over Inscription. Nice. Uh, I think like Lasting Impression, though, is definitely uh, Inscription. But that was a game, again, like... I played it by myself and just had to stew with it until today. Yeah, you poor thing. <laughs> yeah, as we're like Resident Evil Village, like we still had roommates at the time, so it was like Natalie and I playing through it. And there's a part where like a hundred werewolves are jumping in, and we threw on "Don't Stop Me Now" from Queen, and mm-hmm. she like took a video of like me blasting all these werewolves in time to that song. Yeah, and like that memory can't be topped that year. <laughs> That's the thing about like um Monster Hunter Rise, holy sh <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean that's the thing about like goatee discussions. It just depends on like how you experienced it. Like what your um like how you relate to something. Yeah, like it, it, the framing of a lot of games can really change your perspective on it. Also the graphics matter a lot. Yeah, and if um, there's bad graphics, I'm not even gonna look at it. It just like hurts to look at, yeah. If it's and if it's any less than sixty frames per second, mm. they're wasting seconds of my life. Yeah, like we only have so much time in this world. Um, every second that I experience playing video games, I want as many frames as possible, just so I don't feel like I'm missing out. Well, and that's what they don't tell you until you hit the big pearly gates: is that you have a limited number of frames per second yeah that's actually how long your life is and every frame i'm you know wasting counts so thanks for listening oh pokemon brilliant diamond no did you like this no (laughs) really (laughs) dude i i bounced off them so hard and then i was like yeah you know what i did spend the full dollars on this i'm gonna just go ahead and beat it I ended up loving Pearl. Interesting. Okay. I don't have like nostalgic attachment to um, that generation. Um, I had only played Platinum. I was I was playing that generation basically for the first time. And, and like, mm. dude, I'll play every single Pokemon game to completion every time. Yeah. And it'll be fun. But I didn't love it. Yeah, I... 
it was nice because after Arceus, which for some reason I bounced off that too, like I was happy to have just like a super bare bones, get the eight badges, beat the elite four type game. Yeah. I really, I liked it. I wanted to be put back in my box. <laughs> now I'm ready for Scarlet and Violet to let me back out of the box. Yeah. I'm so excited for that shit. Yeah. Good games. Wait, this you is didn't really like... Ar- huh? You didn't like Arceus? I I liked it, but I didn't I didn't beat it, and I did beat Pearl. Interesting. And like I'm at I think I'm at the end of it too. I'm in the snow area. Yeah, that sounds about right. Oh yeah, that I is. Just like, I didn't want to keep catching Pokemon to level them up. I, I like get to it. get my team and then be left alone. We we should talk more about this during the Goatee app. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's ignore that. It. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'll tr- I'll finish it before that just to make sure I uh, get a final say on it. That sounds like you experienced most of it. Yeah, I've made up my mind. Dude, that game sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I got I got nothing else here. Um, inscription, great. Marvel Snap, good. Uh, mm. what, what what are we talking about next week? Brother, we have no idea. Oh wait, no, we do. We got an idea. <laughs> we have an idea. I mean, it's just like Halloween season, right? Yeah, we're gonna get it. We're gonna get spooky in here. Spook. The inscription was to set up the, you know, the air. I don't want to say vibes because I I caught myself saying it twice this episode. Oh jeez, oh Jesus. We're not we're not a vibes cast, unless, you know. We're more about. <laughs> we're more about essence. Yeah, this is an essence cast. Yeah. This is the oh, great shit, transcendence. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Essence Cast. How's We're our how's essence, your energy yeah. today? <laughs> you got a good air about you. I like it. Yeah. So we're gonna be rating our top five ghouls and ghosts of all times from the games. In the games, yeah. And uh maybe we'll just talk about some other horror games. Yeah, it's like a certain Resident Evil DLC comes out next week. Yeah. And oh I might my play... gosh, this week it's Sunday. Yeah, this week. Does it drop on Friday? <laughs> It comes out on Friday. Nice. Um, I might play another horror game. I'll keep it as a surprise. Ooh, okay. I will do that too. So we're gonna bring uh, secrets for you. Yeah. Our presents. enlightened listeners, if you really radiated with our essence today, drop us a thought. Just communicate it with us telepathically on um twitter.com yeah. slash game guys advance commune with us over on youtube at game guys advance and uh, uh smash that like and subscribe yeah smash that uh color of our air on spot spotify i don't know bye consume us <laughs>